Welcome to Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. My name is Ben Standing. I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, but I'm with you guys here until 7.45, a, a short show tonight, 7.45 when the Wizards host the Raptors. My guy Ryan is with me. I'm doing the solo show. Normally I do these things with Britt Giroli. They, they give her time off, but they asked me to come in because they, they won there's a lot of Washington football team and NFL things to discuss. We're going to talk playoffs with my friend Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington at 7. Going to talk plenty about Washington's quarterback situation. I hear I keep hearing people talking about it and I felt that it was it was time for me to chime in on these airwaves. So we're going to do that and you know honestly kind of whatever else Ryan wants to uh to jump in and discuss. He had they made him stay over after you know, working really hard with Grant and Danny, and now he has to deal with me. So, Ryan, we, we got to get you on the air to, you know, make up for ha- having to put in the extra work here. Ah, oh, come on. You know, I'm always in for some good QB talk. I am I have some uh, pretty pretty strong opinions on this QB conversation, so it'll be it'll be a good one. All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm excited to be with everybody here for sure. Uh, of course, you can check out the show on the Odyssey app or if you're in your car. Do that. I used the radio emoji, Ryan, when I promoted this, and I didn't there even know it was, it was an actual radio emoji because I don't <laughs> even know if people. When's the last time anybody ha- had a physical radio that wasn't like in their car at this point? Oh man, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the wrong guy for that. Yes, but <laughs> there's definitely we, we could play some sort of a generation gap uh, <laughs> s- uh, situation here. In fact, uh, here's an example of a generation gap. This one's actually pretty pretty ginormous. So there's news today. Uh, in the world of the NFL, that's not directly related to the Washington football team. That they've been relatively quiet over the last few days. Uh, Grant and Danny were talking about how Ron Rivera is not going to go to the Senior Bowl. That's newsy from a couple days ago, things like that. But something that just happened right before the show uh, started: the the Ravens and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale have parted ways. Uh, somebody, I think one report said fired, others parted ways. The Ravens put out a statement. He's been there, D.C., I think, for four years and has been with the staff for a while. Ryan, I assume there's no way you've ever heard of this. There was a show back in the day, a game show called Tic Tac Doe. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. It's, it's like in the, I won't even explain what it is. It's like in, it's like <laughs> in the Wheel of fortune kind of level of okay. thought. Okay. The host of that show was named Wink Martindale. Oh. And so every time I hear about this guy, that it goes to that. Again, there's maybe you, me, Craig Heist, and about eight other people have ever heard of that, that other Wink Martindale. Uh, in any event, the Ravens made that move, which is notable. There's a lot of defensive coordinators out there this year. Um, it's a notable in part because obviously Washington has done nothing yet regarding its staff. Maybe they won't. Um, I, I still think there's a chance that something could change. Teams don't typically bring back the same staff year over year, and Washington didn't make any changes last year. But part of the thing is that there really hasn't been a ton of moves in general yet this offseason. And I think that is part of the reason when we have the conversation that we will in a few minutes about what's what's to happen with Washington at quarterback is the best path for them. Well, not so much the best path. What's the likely path? Is it free agency? Is it a trade? Is it the draft? I think we can kind of eliminate it. It's not the in-house option, even yes. though Rivera said that. But part of the reason why it's a little vague for everything at this point is there hasn't been a, a lot of moves with the other teams yet, mm-hmm. except today. We finally had one notable one today. The Giants have hired uh, Bill's assistant GM, Joe Sheen, as their new general manager. Of all the openings, the, the, the oh, what's it, like eight head coaches, I think four. So many. GMs. Just so many. <laughs> this is the first one, and I think this is the do- these are the dominoes that need to fall before we get into movement to determine who are the real players out there 
if in fact a Deshaun Watson is on the trade market, or if the bigger name, even guys who are you know, the, the Rodgers, the Wilson, or or Derek Carrs, who who is who is actually available? I think that's part of what we have to. It's hard to know because we don't know who's actually making the decisions for all kinds of teams. The other notable uh, move that happened today, that's Washington related tangentially, I guess. The Panthers have hired former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator. Now you might think, well, what? I mean, uh, okay, sure. I mean, we we always mention Carolina in these parts all the time because of Ron Rivera. Actually, we're mentioning it this time because of the guy that Ron Rivera replaced. Jay Gruden was in the mix for that job. I had Jay on my podcast this week. And we just talked about the fact that he was looking to get back in. He had multiple interviews with the Panthers, but they instead went with a guy McAdoo, who um, you know was also an experienced uh, person there. And Carolina, you know, Ryan is one of those teams that when we talk about what's Washington going to do at quarterback, it is not, it isn't just simply to say, well, this is what they want to do. Here's their shopping list. Boom, it's done. A lot of other teams have lists, and a team like Carolina, I think, is even maybe more desperate than Washington based on how they've been playing things Mm -hmm. the last year or two. And so seeing that they've now uh, gotten an offensive coordinator to go with Coach Matt Rule. Uh, you know, they're starting to get their pieces in place, and now they're the, one of those teams that's going to make uh, probably a big move this uh, uh, cycle. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that same way because, I mean, they had the weapons. They have Christian McCaffrey. When he's healthy, he's one of the best backs in the league. They had DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They have, pl- they have a lot of weapons to spread around the love there. So it'll be interesting what they do at QB. One of my favorite bits from this past season uh, covering the Washington football team was being in Carolina – for Cam Newton's first start and how everybody was like, okay, I think even Ron Rivera may have said, well, we got, we uh, Washington got Carolina at a good time right before Cam Newton figures things out. They never won a game, right? They, yeah. they, they went winless th- from that point on. Um, yeah, that was a good bit. Anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. So they need a quarterback as well. And that's part of what's intriguing here with regards to Washington. So we'll get into all that sort of the noise that I keep hearing out there about what Washington may do at quarterback why this isn't that complicated, why we can sort of dial it. We, we, we can pare down uh, the list of the reasons as to what they may or may not do. I don't think it's that complicated, and we don't have to get breathless every time there's a new report. Um, in any event, Ryan, at the time, when we're done at 745, it'll be because the Wizards are hosting the Toronto Raptors uh, at 8 o'clock. They're here down at, in Chinatown. Wizards, of course, lost on Wednesday to Brooklyn. 119-118. Uh, apparently, Kyle Kuzma is, is going to be out with neck spasms. That just came out just right before big news. the show started. It's amazing how legitimately that is big news. Kyle Kuzma has been, like, it, right now, considering today was a day where there was more Russell Westbrook news in the air. I think uh, yeah. ESPN had an interview with Westbrook, and he's kind of like, eh, yeah, wasn't really thrilled about getting benched the last four minutes of the other game. And the Westbrook drama has been ongoing. I'm I'm not saying that like in a head-to-head scenario without any other variables that people wouldn't take Westbrook over Kyle Kuzma, but if you're trying to win basketball games, I don't know if anybody is trading Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook. Kuzma's no. played been fine. I'm not saying he's yeah. an all-star. He's made big shots. He's done what's needed. You know, he's he's been able to be in sort of that you know 16 and eight range pretty consistently. And Westbrook is just a ridiculously terrible fit. I have loved this so much, Ryan. It was a bad fit from the second that trade was made. I couldn't love watching this thing implode more. It's it's enjoyable. Exactly, and especially with someone like LeBron who needs the ball. He kind of needs the ball in his hands to do what he does best. But, I mean, he's great without the ball as well. But Russell needs the ball. 
and he's just not getting the touches and it's not working well. No, it's it, it's oh, it's 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 so enjoyable. Exactly, uh, <laughs> it's so enjoyable. Uh, what's also going to be enjoyable is this weekend four NFL games. Very excited for that. We'll talk to my pal Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington at seven. We'll go through all the games, discuss that. Brian and I also have a bit of a pet peeve going on with this whole. Every time there's this meme out there, you know, with the 2013 uh, Washington football staff oh, that shows I hate it. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay were all here, and instead they hired Jay Gruden. Uh, Brian and I have, uh, we talk a lot, but we've talked excessively this week about how much this annoys me, so we're both going to vent over that. But coming up in the next segment, it's going to be my time to explain to you guys why we don't have to have crazy conversations about what Washington's path is at quarterback. There is hope for a good outcome, but the other reality is the, the harsher path is there that people probably don't want to admit, even Ron Rivera. We'll get to all that and more here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back to Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing here with you guys until 7.45. That that theme song right there, that is from the Tic Tac Doe show from uh, a thousand years ago. It's amazing that you, you guys even have that somewhere in your archives. Oh, I'm, I'm just a master at finding things, Ben. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I appreciate that. This, this is why they pay you the big bucks. I appreciate Ryan uh, being here with me. All right, so I wanted to get into... Washington's quarterback situation. I'm sure that nobody on these airwaves has talked about this at all all week. So this is why I'm here to to discuss that. I'm joking, of course, because this is the topic in town and will be until Washington lands a quarterback. We all understand the level of desperation that certainly fans feel over this. And frankly, I think that the organization feels. Ron Rivera at this point has not been that shy about saying it is a massive priority for this place. And the question is, how are they going to get a quarterback? He's laid out the obvious four options, the in-house, the uh, free agency trade, or the draft. And I think, Ryan, frankly, I don't think, I, I think if we're going to say what's the best, what what do they prioritize? It is pretty obvious to me it's trade by a lot, and everything else falls way under that. In-house is the not really on the board. Taylor Heineke is probably only starting next year if they draft their first-round rookie and they don't do anything else, and he's sort of the the stopgap. But I brought this up in part because, one, it's the topic, but two, there was some discussion over the last 24 hours or so for an article that was up on the team website written by Mike Silver, who's a national writer who was you know with Sports Illustrated and the NFL Network, and he now writes for the team website, so his name adds a little more extra oomph to the situation. He's also very good friends with Ron Rivera. Back to they were in college together, and that the hire is not a random coincidence. This is the, this is why he's here. But in the article that he put up the other day, this got people some attention. Just to quote part of it here, um, he's talking about that quote. Uh, well, let me not quote Rivera, Mayhew, and so on are quote determined to work towards a franchise-defining decision. Such a move, the coach believes, will create a sense of stability inside the building, sending a message to players and fans that the status quo is unacceptable, end quote. Now, look, that's a strong statement, and it signals that they're going to make a big move at quarterback. 
you know what else signals that? Everything else that's happened over the last several weeks, over the course of the, of the year. Uh, back in week eight, boy, that was a long time ago, when they lost at Denver. I was at that Denver game, and they dropped the two and six, and everything looked like it was about to fall apart. They did win the next four, but put that aside. They're going to a bye week at two and six, and I decided after that game to write a column that said, here's what matters. Stop arguing about Chris Blewett missing kicks. Stop debating whether Taylor Heineke is the answer. None of it matters. All that matters is the ownership situation, and they don't have a quarterback. Nothing has changed. It's been this way forever, and these things are a factor, and the the extra variable this time, Ryan, is the level of desperation that the head coach who's in charge of everything has got to be feeling. Uh, he's now two years with seven win seasons. This one feels worse than the last one, I think, right? Yes. That's, I think we can all agree totally. on, on that. For him personally, four consecutive seasons of sub-500 records going back to Carolina. That can't just feel good. No, it can't. Right, regardless of anything else. And he knows. He had Cam Newton from day one over there. He never had to experience what he's dealt with here the last two years of hodgepodge. I don't quite have a guy. What do you What do? You, do? you know, wh- what I would do for Ron right now is that I think you, you've said that you're in a rebuild. You, you stated that in the middle of the season after we had expectations for this team going into it. So that's a little confusing in itself. But if you're going to say you're in a rebuild – I think you have to get a good young quarterback. And I know this year's draft is not its not ideal to take a franchise quarterback in round one. But in my opinion, you got to fall in love with someone. You got to check them out. You got to kick the tires on everyone. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, all of them. All of them you have to kick the tires on. You have to at least try. If Maybe if it's not round one, round two, someone falls. So... I don't know what what you're what you just explained right there is exactly why I'm here, because what you said is a totally reasonable point of view. We all talk about the draft. The draft is important. The Senior Bowl is coming up at the end of this month uh, into next month, uh, and then obviously the combine is, is is several weeks later, and then we get to the draft and so on. And we'll be talking plenty about the draft. It, obviously, there's more than the quarterback, but that's the thing. Here's the thing: the draft is, for the most part, I would say borderline irrelevant for now. Because that's not where they're looking at. Yeah. In my opinion, what they're looking at is a veteran. They are going to figure out everything possible to get one of these bigger names. Now, grant you, there's nothing that says Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Derek Carr or Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan, A, will be available, or B, actually want to show up here, even if they are and have some say. All of that is in play. But by the way, like here's a crazy thing I noticed today. When we talk about the level of desperation, uh, do you know right now how many coaches in the league have been a head coach longer than Ron Rivera? Like, what's what's your guess on the number? Mm, maybe I, maybe this is an easy answer. I don't know, but I would say three. So wait, three? He only got hired. He's been hired for two years. Oh, okay, for one organization. Yeah, then? for one organization. Uh twenty-one. I don't know. So the the answer is is fifteen, and of those fifteen, only eleven have been with their team four more years. Which is to say that these jobs go quick. He has a five-year deal, but he he's got to know that five, the, he's not getting to five years if they don't start winning. And you can take the rookie. Maybe that's the way to go from a long-term perspective. But there's no guarantee that player develops as quickly as you may need him uh, to go. And I think this is part of the variable that he's got to figure out. Here's the other stuff with regards to the calendar. The for, Trades can happen now. 
Matthew yeah. Stafford was traded in January last year. Alex Smith was traded in January of 2018. The draft isn't until April. So by the time we get to the draft, if they haven't already resolved their issue, the veteran market will be gone. Yes. And as we said in the previous segment, a bunch of other teams, Carolina, Denver, those teams are desperate. They also have picks in front of Washington. Yeah. So if you wait for the draft, who's to say those teams aren't still waiting on a, on a quarterback? I think you've got to make the move sooner than later. I think they agree. Here's the problem. <laughs> Who are you getting? Exactly. And, and, and this is what I want to talk about later uh, in the show a bit more is I don't think people fully appreciate yet how not great this market is likely to be. And by the way, if if I say, hey, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? I guarantee some people are just driving off the road right now. Don't do that. Okay, <laughs> don't do that. But the point is, he's not that exciting. You know what? Compared to what might be available if he's not all available, and if San Fran were to win this week, he may not be. They, the 49ers might say, well, we got to a Super Bowl with him once. We would have just made the championship game. We aren't going to do that. Everybody else behind him is really not that exciting. They're much more on the Taylor Heineke tier than they're not. And I think that's part of the equation here. It's not just th – this is why I think the goal is they're going to go all in to get a veteran, if possible. Because if you wait, there isn't much there. And waiting doesn't get you, know, doesn't get you anywhere. I think they're going to have to be aggressive. Two, last two years, they've tried to make a big move. Didn't work out. I think this time Ron Rivera is going to go all in if he's got an opportunity to. The question is, will that even be enough? Because other teams are also going to want to get involved. Exactly. And then that's that's the ultimate question is that you have to jump ahead of these these other teams that are coming in like Denver. They're going to be coming in hot trying to get a quarterback. They have the team. All they need is a quarterback. So Ron's going to have to get in line and uh, kick the tires on any potential trades or really just anyone. You need You need someone in the building can't just be Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke. Can't happen. I believe everybody can probably agree on that. Whether they agree on what we're saying about the best path going forward is another story. We will talk more about that in the next hour. But coming up, we're going to talk NFL playoffs. We're going to go through game by game. My friend Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington. I, I, I There's one game to me that stands out from an upset perspective. We'll get to all that and more here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back to Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standig here. I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. We'll talk NFL playoffs in just a second, but this segment of Overtime is brought to you by Paul Henry Windows. For January only, you will get 10% off windows and doors with five window minimum and an additional $25 off each window and door if there is snow on the ground when Paul Henry shows up for the appointment. I guess you're going to root for snow then. Uh, paulhenryswindow.com paulhenryswindow.com your clear home improvement choice uh, I decided I want to improve the show so I decided who better than to help me do that by bringing in my pal from NBC Sports Washington Brian McNally who is going to join me here to go down the path of discussing the NFL playoffs the local team is not in there Brian so we have to figure out other ways to entertain ourselves we're going to discuss all the games this weekend. Uh, before we get to that, though, you and I have things to discuss. Are, are you aware of this? I'm aware of this. All right. Let's, let's do it. So Brian and I talk frequently, mostly me just bothering him. He's trying to live live a leisurely <laughs> life in domestic bliss, and I'm bothering him over 
one thing I find uh, annoying or another. And this week, though, the, the, the level of annoyance went back, went, went, went back and forth between us because of the constant memes that were going on on Twitter because of the fact, as I'm sure people are aware, that uh, in 2013, the Washington football, or sorry, the Washington Redskins then had on to coaching staff Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay. They are all still coaching in the NFC right now. And the it's one thing to note, Brian, that they were here. That's fine. Good history lesson and all that. But everybody is inferring that they should have picked one of those dudes over Jay Gruden, who they who was hired in 2014. And I want to uh, punch somebody every time I see this meme. It drives me insane. I know it does you as well. Would you like to explain why this is making us uh, go crazy? Yeah, it's it's so over the top, and it's like um, I, I get it. I, I understand why people make the connection, and if you're kind of doing a lazy bit and just want to take a shot at the football team. Uh, go ahead, like by all means, do it. Do whatever you're going to do. I just feel like there's like 40 other reasons to, you know, criticize the the football team for a million different reasons, right? Dating back, I mean, if you want to be real, we could go back 30 years, but if you just want to keep it to the the last 10, plenty of stuff. Like you, you have plenty of ammo that that you can you can fire off and uh, and say, hey, the you know, the, the organization's not well run here a million reasons, but this isn't one of them. I mean, this is, this is one that gets into the silly realm where people are kind of making stuff up, which is that you would have hired any of these guys as your head coach uh, at any point in time when they could have done it. I mean, it, let's, you know, you start with Kyle Shanahan, obviously he was fired with his father. Yeah, in with a, his uh, dad. His dad, not not just like he was the offensive coordinator, his dad. It didn't end well. He's not going to stay. Yeah, the the 2013 uh, Redskins season is among the biggest disasters I've ever covered. Um, You know, the end of that year, there were were leaks on national television. I distinctly remember uh, Mike Shanahan making huge waves during the bye week. It wasn't even, they weren't even playing. He did an interview, I think, with Fox on the pregame show that kind of, kind of blew up. And, um, you know, it, it just, there were, there were issues obviously between the quarterback and the coaching staff, Robert Griffin, the third, there were issues, ownership and the coaching staff. There was a whole back and forth. It got toxic. And, and, the coaches knew they weren't coming back. So and, and, in, right. and the, the other end, two guys, LaFleur and McVay at that point were unproven. Sean McVay, people freaked out when he got hired as a head coach at 31, he was 26 in 2013 Hadn't right. been an OC. And just lastly, on this topic, Brian, here's the one that drives me the craziest. People infer, like, well, they should have hired those guys. Look what they've done. Yeah, here's the thing. They would have been working under Bruce Allen, not to mention ownership here. Why do we, why, they? Mike Shanahan got spit out. A two-time Super Bowl-winning coach. These unproven kids were going to work? Get out of here. No, that's, and that's my issue with the – when people come back with the – well, you could have fired uh, – fired Jay Gruden in 2017 and just hired McVay. Well, I mean, first of all, Sean McVay wasn't going to do that. I mean, as he's, he has said, he is from kind of the, the Gruden coaching tree, not necessarily the Shannon co- Shanahan coaching tree, right? He got Jay his Gruden start can, with, agrees with that as well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it, I know you put that out this week. Jay has said that. I think Sean has said that. He started with the Bucks in 2008, right? John Gruden was still there. Um, that's how he got his start. So, you're asking me to believe that coming off, by the way, coming off the the first back-to-back winning seasons the football team had had in, I think, 20 years, uh, that the 
the then Redskins would have said, you know what, um, Jay, thanks for everything. We think our your 30-year-old offensive coordinator is a star. We're going to make him the, court, the, the head coach. Thanks for everything. Uh, just, yeah. The timing of that never matched up. And, and to be honest, Ben, I don't think they thought they would lose him that year. Uh, you know, it was kind of a – it was a borderline audacious move by the Rams to to make that move that quickly. Absolutely. You, I mean, we were both at the Combine, right? We were both at the Combine in 2016, and everybody there said, I talked to a dozen people who were like, McVay's a star. McVay's going to be really good. But none of them said next year. None of them said by the end of this season. Um, and so I, I think, you know, the, the front office and, and everybody, I think, was, was – probably taken aback a little bit that Sean got the opportunity that quick. But as you said, like, if he didn't, would he, if you gave him the 2017 roster, what would he have done here? And, and I think that answer is pretty obvious. He would have missed the playoffs too. And, um, you know, it would have been tough sledding for a couple of years and, and who knows where he'd be. So he made the right choice for himself for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's mostly national people who do this. They drop the grenade with no context. It's disingenuous. And but it, the, the Schefters of the world should know better, Ben, right? Well, like those guys are, are around enough. Like if you're in the reporting game and you talk to enough people, you know how things went down. You, you shouldn't, you know, it looked it by all means, as I said, take, take shots. Like it's the NFL with sports, whatever. It's and this funny, organization but, is, you can take plenty of shots. Like you said at the top. Just, yeah. Just, just, Pick the ones that actually are, are valid. Not one. You have to make stuff up just to do. There's plenty. There's plenty to work with. And and look, I'm sure we will take them um, as well. But l- let's let's take our shot, Brian, at actually picking some games here this weekend. I I, I, I will mention on the athletic. I had a, a story up today where I talked to three different scouts slash uh, NFL player personnel folks to give us analysis on those games. You can check that out on The Athletic. That's detailed thoughts. This will be the opposite of that. This will be two guys who are going to be sitting on our couches just sort of winging it, saying, what do we think? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right, so first game, we're going to go with the spreads here. First game, Bengals at Titans. I think this is easily the least sexiest game of the bunch, although Joe Burrow is pretty interesting and Derrick Henry is coming back. Uh, What stands out to you? Bengals at Titans. Can you get on board with an upset over the one seed here? I kind of can. I mean, I, I'm not like, I mean, just start with the quarterback, right? I mean, this guy who won a national championship in college is, is progressing, came back from injury, had a good season, um, has some weapons now. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I know you could argue like maybe the Bengals defense isn't good enough and the Titans are kind of built to win in the playoffs. So I, I could look like a total dummy there. I, I think there are valid reasons to do that, but I don't know. We see upsets in the NFL playoffs all the time. And, and it's not, you know, the Titans themselves pulled one off a couple of years ago. I, I don't see them as so good that Cincinnati doesn't have any chance in that game. I don't even know what the line is, but I, I just, I, I kind of, I kind of have a Bengals vibe and that you should probably never have Bengals vibes, but I, I kind of do in this one. And, you should get tested if you do at least uh, have right? Bengals vibe. Probably. It's a three and a half point line, but you're basically saying you think, the Bengals are going to or have a real good chance to win. So it's how let's get you on the record. You're officially picking the Bengals to win. I'm just going to I'm going to pick the Bengals. Why Why be boring here? I think I think the Bengals will win that game. All right. Well, I think part of the reason that people are, are shy away from the Titans is they're viewed as boring. They don't have a star quarterback though. Tannehill is fine, and they run the ball, and they don't have like the guy you put on the poster necessarily. 
Yeah. That's fine. They also beat the Chiefs this year. They beat the Bills. They won their division and and the one seed with, without Derrick Henry for most of the year. I think they're built for the playoffs. I actually like the Titans. If we did a confidence pool of the games, this would either be my favorite game or my second favorite game on the board. I'll take Tennessee minus three and a half. I'm sure I'll buy down the, the half point, but either way, I'll go with the Titans uh, minus three and a half. N- now we get to the fun games. The second game tomorrow on Saturday 49ers at Packers. When I talked to the scouts, I I asked a bunch of questions specifically about Rodgers and the praise, as you would imagine, is off the charts. That he one one but one scout said he may be the most talented guy to ever play the position in terms of physical ability. However, on the other side, the praise for Kyle Shanahan's play calling, which is why people give the 49ers much more than a puncher's chance to actually win the game, let alone cover. Also, he's be- viewed by these guys as maybe the best offensive play caller in the league, especially from the run game perspective. I think this is a really fascinating matchup contrast of styles in, in, at Lambeau. What, what do you, uh, what do you like here? Well, two guys we also just mentioned, right? I mean, you're going Shanahan and LaFleur, good friends. We're on staff together at Houston. We're on staff together in Washington. Like, I, I don't know, Ben, that's, that alone makes it fascinating, right? The connections between the two organizations over the years, they played a classic, um, you know, classic playoff games before. Uh, as you said, Rodgers, you know, getting getting up there in age. We don't know the future. Um, what's his, what's his uh, you know, you get to that point where it's like, is this is this the last best chance for, for another Super Bowl title? You could easily make that argument, right? Especially since we don't know um, what his status is going to be going forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, this is the... Uh, the most fascinating game of the weekend, I, you know, how many teams then have gone into Lambeau in the playoffs and, and won? Um, I know the Giants have done it before. Um, and, you know, it's not guaranteed. A, a night playoff game in Lambeau, it seems like that would be an impossible place to win. I know we've seen teams do it, though. We definitely saw didn't Michael Vick go into Lambeau and win a playoff game at one point. I think he did. So, you know, uh, it's it's the one seed, but I feel like you give the Niners a, a puncher's chance. I just don't know about the quarterback, though. Can can Jimmy G win on the road? Is that one you would actually pick? Well, that's uh, the thing. I, like, yeah, sorry. I think it does come down to can the 49ers keep the game close throughout and move the ball on the ground to avoid Jimmy Garoppolo having to drop back you know, 40 times in a game where they're losing or being forced into into having to, to play without the play action. I think that's going to be Ultimately, the key because Rodgers is going to make plays one way or the other. I'm going to take the 49ers and the and the six, but I actually would probably pick Green Bay to win. So gonna have to thread that needle. Um, but I think this is going to be a fun one, absolutely tomorrow night. Uh, ben Standick here on 106.7 The Fan with my guy Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington talking NFL playoffs. Brian, let's go to Sunday. Rams at Bucks a week ago. I know a lot of people are pretty skeptical about the Rams. Matthew Stafford really labored down the stretch. The Rams, they were a 12-win team that a lot of people just were not that impressed with. Then they destroy the Cardinals, and I now get the feeling that a lot of people are impressed by what the Rams did. They've got a great defensive line, as we know, and the Bucks are beat up. We, we know about the two receivers are down. Leonard Fournette is is sounds like he's going to play, but we'll have to see how that goes. It's the Bucks minus three. Are you willing to... Uh, Give the points and take Tom Brady, or do you like uh, the visitors coming into Tampa? Man, 
so I can't, the Rams, I just can't tell, right? Like, did that game say more about the Rams or the Cardinals? Like, who did that? Sometimes you have to do that bit where you go, who, who does this actually, what is, what was this a referendum on? Cause I mean, the Rams are, are good. Like we know they're good. They're they've been solid for a couple of years now. They're, you know, Sean McVay's another guy we just talked about has done a great job. Um, you know, three points in Tampa. Both teams have are down guys, right? I mean, the Rams are missing key receivers. They backfilled with Beckham. I guess, I guess, I kind of. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to pick. You know what? I'm not picking against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'm just not going to do it, man. So I'm going I'm to stick with the Bucks. Even when, what did you say? Three is the line. I, I'll stick with them at home, but. I, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> like if you if you told me the the Rams won by, you know, uh, ten points plus, I, I'd probably be like, all right, I can see a world where that happens. But Brady at home in the postseason, uh, I, I think you got to stick with that until that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. And uh, it should be a great game. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, you know, I, I I feel like both teams are missing key pieces, so it's not. This could be an even better game if both were fully healthy, and we're not going to get that. And so it's kind of, to me, like kind of a survive and advance game. Yeah, look, it's insane to go against Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially when the other side has got Stafford, who's fine, but is unproven in these big spots. And yet yeah. I find myself compelled to going with the Rams. As one of the scouts pointed out, the Rams, the Bucks right now basically have Mike Evans, and the Rams can put Jalen Ramsey on him, and then they have Gronkowski. It's a lot easier to game plan for just those two guys in the passing game than four. We don't know where Fournette's at. The, the Bucks, the offensive line is beat up going up against the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams and the points. I, I may absolutely laugh at myself next week if Tom Brady wins, but that's how this goes. Um, we talked so much about the football team in 2013. We don't have a ton of time here, so I'll let you just pick Bills at Chiefs game of the week. Chiefs minus two. Uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes, who, who do you got? We got like thirty seconds. Who you got? Yeah, no worries. Let's uh, let's go. You know what? I'll I'll go Bills because that the Chiefs have messed around enough this year. There have been times where you know even against the football team they didn't look great, and they kind of turned it on when they had to. I'm going to say that's going to finally bite them, and they will lose a home playoff game to the Buffalo Bills will advance to the AFC Championship. It's a fascinating game. Arguably the two best young quarterbacks in the league. We'll see what happens. Uh, at B McNally 14 on Twitter, uh, one of the best sober thoughts on all topics, including the 23 Washington Redskins coaching staff. Brian, appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Ben, appreciate it. See ya. All right. We'll be back more here on 106.7 FM. We've got quarterback talk and why reality may not be what people think for the Washington football team. All right, welcome back to Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Ben Standig. I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. We're here with you not much longer, 745, then the Wizards take over playing the Raptors down at Cap 1. Um, my guy Ryan and I are here. We're talking about the Washington football team's quarterback situation. We talked about this earlier, Ryan. And, you know, I, I want to mention, I want to go back to the draft. We'll, we'll, we'll see how far we can go here. But you mentioned the draft for you was kind of where you thought the path was. And I was saying in the earlier segment, I think it's, to me, pretty apparent they're going to make the move first to go for the veteran. If for no other reason, the veteran market comes first and you have to 
sort that out because who knows what's what the world will be looking like come late April when you have the draft and they have the 11th pick. Here's what I would say also about this draft. They have the 11th pick. I assume you've seen the mock draft. Our guy, Dane Brugler mm-hmm. at The Athletic, had a mock draft. He gave Washington Kenny Pickett. I had an analysis piece about that up on the site. Mel Kuyper Jr., he gave Washington a quarterback, Malik Willis, at 11. In each case, they were the first quarterback off the board. If that's how it plays out in real in the real time, you know what that really says, Brian? It says that nobody likes these quarterbacks. Yeah. Nobody. Because when you when when quarterbacks are good, they go really, really early. Here's here's what I mean. The last four years, the first pick in the draft, the whole draft, was a quarterback. I'm not even getting into how many were picked before eleven. I'm just saying the first guy was number one. In twenty seventeen, number two, Mitch Trubisky went second. The next two years, or the two years, I should say, prior, quarterback went number one overall. In 2014, Blake Bortles went third. You have to go to 2013 before you see a real drop. That was E.J. Manuel going 16th, and obviously he didn't pan out. I mentioned guys like Trubisky and Bortles. I'm not arguing whether the the teams get it right. That's not the point. They obviously don't always get it right, even with guys that people want to say or, you know, this last draft, five, five quarterbacks, go before Washington. I think most fans would have been pretty excited to get any of them. And we know that that's not going to work out for all five of them. Exactly. It, it won't, right? Yeah. And this is the thing. If, in fact, Washington gets the first quarterback, it's because nobody's that excited about whether it's Kenny Pickett or Willis or Matt Corral or, or what have you. And I think that can't be ignored from a reality perspective. And Washington is not going to ignore this. They need somebody to come in, not just play. They need somebody to come in and contribute. Otherwise, it's another losing year, the third in the row under Rivera, and now you're hoping this rookie shows enough to be excited for the fourth year, which is not a lock by any stretch. So this is part of the reality check. The veteran market's a whole other story, but this rookie one, I think, is one that needs to be be, uh, examined in, in, in real terms, not just the hypothetical get a rookie. Exactly. No, you're, you're totally right on that. And I actually, I kind of have a little bit of a hot take. I don't think this QB class is as bad as everyone thinks. I just don't think there's a number one QB or, or a consensus number one QB. And that's why people are kind of like, eh, like, do I want Kenny Pickett? Do I want Matt Corral? So I don't know. Like it's, but when Ron says that we are in a rebuild, he said that. So he he says a lot of things. Yeah. He also has said that he thinks the roster is good enough to win now and that mm-hmm. adding a piece to that. So it sort of can't be both, right? But this is what happened even last year, right? They made the aggressive move to try to get Stafford. Clearly, that's maybe not an all-in move, but it's a bold move. When it didn't work out and they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, so a viable option but not a real long-term answer, his answer became, well, you can build around the quarterback and then address that when needed. That's not what you tried to do. Yeah. So he will, uh, t- taking what any coach says at face value is not always a wise choice. And in his case, I think in some of his answers, you have to really kind of, uh, I don't know what he's saying, but he has said multiple times, he thinks this roster is good enough to go. We can debate. That's a whole other se- segment <laughs> whether or a whole other show, whether that's accurate. But I, I do think it, it is, I think there's enough here to get to be interesting if you did get one of those higher named Guys, especially yeah. in an NFC East, which is not that impressive. Uh, you know, Dallas and Philly clearly trounced Washington this year head to head, but they got trounced themselves in the postseason. I don't think uh, we Washington is that far away, 
but they have to solve the quarterback situation. Exactly. Like I said, they just need to fall in love with someone. If it's a veteran or if it's a rookie, just get someone. You need someone to give this fan base hope. The team needs another QB. We just we need something. And so I think that's just what it comes down to is if he's going to go all in for a veteran, cool. But if you're going to go all in for a rookie, then you better hit. <laughs> so you better hit, you better hit, and you better hope that everybody uh, has patience. When he did, at his last press conference, exactly. he brought up the idea. He asked, he, he, I asked a question, uh, and he said, "Are you, <laughs> are you all going to give me have patience with me if we play a rookie?" And my response to him was, it "Doesn't matter what we think. The question is how much pressure do you feel?" And he didn't really give me much of an answer to that. But to me, that's the whole story. It ha- what does he feel? He's got to feel some, and that's why to me the rookie is not going to be plan A. It may be the plan if free agency strikes out or the or the trade market, but we will see about that. We've got more to discuss because I think we need to also take a look here at the actual options that are on the board in free agency and the veteran market. We'll do that next here on 1067 the fan. All right, final minutes here on overtime. Ben standing with you until the Wizards Raptors kickoff from Cap One. We've been talking Washington football team quarterbacks. I appreciate everybody hitting me up on Twitter at Ben Standig. And of course, you can always check me out over on the athletic. But Ryan, let's wrap up the quarterbacks. We just talked about the draft situation in the last segment. I want to give you a, I hate to send everybody into the into the weekend on a scary thought. I got two scary thoughts for you. If Washington or really any of these quarterback needy teams are really lucky, really lucky. Yeah. Based on the re- what we know right now, if they're really lucky, Jimmy Garoppolo will lose tomorrow and be available for some sort of an acquisition because at least he's been a guy that's sort of in the Kirk Cousinsy level of like, ugh, he's probably not good enough to really like carry you to a title, but he's been solid enough to be a guy that you can win with. He obviously has been in the Super Bowl as a quarterback, and had a good win last week yeah. on, on the road. That's if you're really lucky. Yeah. Here's what you're looking at if you're just really lucky. I mean, That's if you're really, really lucky. Here's this if you're just lucky. Mitch Trubisky is available. Oof. And I know people are going, you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? This guy, he was the number two pick, flamed out in Chicago, at least that's the perception, went to Buffalo to be a backup. I'm not arguing that he is that good. But I am saying there is some upside there because of the fact that he is an athlete. He was the number two pick. He actually had, I think, a winning record over his last. It's, I think in the, it's two. He take out a one bad year in Chicago. The other two years he had, they had a winning record. He was in the playoffs last year as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback. But the larger point is, this is what the world looks like. At least a guy like that has some potential because otherwise, it's the Andy Daltons and the t- Teddy Bridgewaters. And at that point, Taylor Heineke is not looking much different. Than, than, than those guys. And that's, again, part of this reality that Ron Rivera can be really hopeful and be aggressive, and there just may not be much out there, which is why I'm saying I I think it's important to get, have a reality check. Yeah. This is what you're possibly looking at at the quarterback market. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you if and if we're really, really, really lucky, Mitch Trubisky, if we were to sign him on, he could act, kind of revamp his career the way Ryan Tannehill did. I mean, they do kind of have similar, similar, similar character traits amongst their throwing. I think Tannehill maybe has a little bit of a better arm, but that might just be me, and he might be a little more athletic. But I mean, 
it could work out, and it's something that we definitely need to think about going forward. And here's the other thing with with Trubisky. Uh, you know, as we know, Ron Rivera very much finds comfort in people he's known from his past. That's why yeah. it feels like everybody from he ever knew in Carolina has moved here to Washington. But some of those people didn't. Some of those people from the Panthers went to the Bills. Brandon Bean, uh, GM, uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach, was R- Rivera's defensive coordinator. They have had Mitch Trubisky for a year. And if he talks to them and they say, hey, Mitch Trubisky is a good, we, we like what he's done. We think he's improved in the same way we've helped, you know, Josh Allen improved, maybe not to the same level, of course, but we've done the same things we did with Allen. We've helped him here. We think he's probably ready to take the next step. Obviously, we're good at quarterback, so maybe you might want to consider it. I think if he gets a good endorsement there, that is something to uh, to consider. But like I said, this is the part that is going to be interesting and why I get every time there's a report out there, <laughs> somebody is going to – Twitter can go insane – on a normal day. Oh yeah. But any, but you but you throw that chum into the water of oh, they're looking at this, they're considering that, this rumor this, and everybody goes crazy and all I can tell everybody is look at the veterans and just have a reality check as you do it. If even if the Russell Wilson of the world become available, again, go look around the league and tell me how many teams might need a quarterback. I could make a case a dozen teams could change quarterbacks. At least at least half a dozen really are going to have to make a move. Uh, one way or the other, and oh man, it is so frightening. I just can't imagine if the if the move is a Mitch Trubisky after all this talk, or even a Garoppolo. Some people won't get excited. <laughs> oh no, it's they, bad. <laughs> I hope Ron Rivera doesn't check Twitter that day. People oh. will not be excited. No, over that exactly. And and you know, as, I mean, as I think about it, it, I would want Mitch here on on a cheap deal. I think it would be something that. That would be all right, but I think if you get Mitch, then I think you have to take a shot at, a shot at someone like round three, like Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, someone like that. Take a shot in the dark, and if Mitch doesn't work out, then have that have that insurance. And be like, hey, maybe maybe Bailey Zapp's a guy or whoever they go with. Yeah, for 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 sure. The, uh, there's a lot. There's they have a lot of different paths to go down. Some of them, though, just simply are more appear to be more fruitful yeah. <laughs> than 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 not. And I'm not discounting Taylor Heineke, except I just don't think at this point he's got a real shot at anything here. Other than if it ends up being they draft a Kenny Pickett or somebody in the first round, and they didn't get another veteran, then Taylor Heineke could easily be the stopgap starter. But that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at a guy. But if if, you, if for anybody who wasn't sure about this already, in his ending press conference, Ryan, uh, Ron Rivera mentioned certain players by names. Did not mention Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or anybody who was here this year. That's a pretty big sign to suggest that uh, <laughs> that those guys. Yeah, they're probably not going to be here. <laughs> probably, <laughs> or probably not going to be the starter. Probably not. The ne- next time I'm on, we'll get into more topics beyond the quarterback. But for for a show here where we only had a little bit of time, it was good to dive in deep there. Um, as I said, Wizards uh, hosting the Raptors here in a few minutes. Wizards coming off a tough loss to the Nets. Hopefully the Raptors don't have any assistant coaches stick their hands out in the in in the, while, while the play is happening. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be nice. The, <laughs> deflect the pass. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, big thanks to my guy Brian McNally from NBC Sports Washington coming on to talk uh, NFL playoffs. Thanks to Ryan here for holding my hand through this segment. Thanks to everybody for checking out the show. Uh, enjoy the Wizards. Have a good weekend. See ya.